0: Welcome to the Rhythmicity Podcast, where we talk to artists about their daily habits and rhythms that keep them on beat. I'm your host, Aaron Benavides, producer, DJ, and event planner under the name Shadow Sweat. And uh, my guest today is Matt Pearsall, the owner and president of Gleek, and 50% of the badass DJ duo and production team Fitness and Health. Hello. 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 How you doing, Matt?
1: I'm good. Thank you. So... Uh, I
0: guess we're uh, talking about, on just on the way over here, um, having a couple beers at a bar down on Rainy Street. Um, we were talking about the importance of routines and that's something that yeah. it seems like you've been really into.
1: Yeah, so, well, the thing is, is like, I think the first thing that I I've, I've found to be very important is that creativity and your ability to start and finish something is actually really like it's 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 actually a learned skill you know like i do believe that people are born with certain things like some people are innately talented in certain ways like they're born with a good singing voice or pitch or the ability to draw but unless you utilize that on a daily basis it's all for naught you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that, like, even even something like creativity, where people feel like they're born with that, is actually a learned skill.
0: Oh, for sure. Totally. Yeah.
1: Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, take, um, take producing a track, for example. You might have all of the ideas in the world, but unless you do it often, the point from which it's in your head to on some sort of device that you can listen to it on, or a piano or a guitar, there's so many skills that are involved in getting from A to B. And I think that, like, you're asking about daily habits, and so to kind of uh, go into that aspect of it, like, you need to, as as an artist, or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you need to set up your daily habits to facilitate your best self. Yeah. No. Know? Totally.
0: I I absolutely agree with that. I think there's a there's a quote from uh, I think it's Tony Robbins or something, but he basically says uh, that you are what you do consistently. Absolutely. You know. That's and, true. And I think yeah. I mean, there's just so much research and stuff that is showing that More and more, that it's less about your innate talent and more about what you regularly do that helps to reinforce what you're able to do,
1: you know? 17,000%. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I want to be really good at drinking, so I practice it often, every 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 day. day. (laughs) You even take breaks during work. I, d- right? I take breaks during work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before I go to the bank to open new checking accounts. Oh,
0: that's the best time. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. like,
1: like, like, what's going to scream true sadness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Having alcohol on the breath.
1: Exactly. and But I don't want any alcohol. You need like Rumple Mints or something like really depressing, <laughs> yeah. you know? But like like a knockoff, a knockoff Rumple Mints.
0: <laughs>
1: so, and, uh, how long. Uh, about when
0: did you start looking into uh, your daily habits? Like, when did that start coming up for you?
1: And, uh... Uh, So, I would say probably about the fourth year of my career. Okay. I started really starting to dive into it. Um, you know, well, I'll tell you this. Unfortunately, I had developed some habits that weren't quite as good. Mm-hmm. And One of those was, and I, you know, I still smoke cigarettes. I'm smoking right now, and I, if I fuck up your mic, <laughs> I will get you another mic. It's
0: probably fine. We'll wash it.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know, like I had gotten into some some negative habits, and that being just like an incredibly unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I, it started kind of when I worked at Funimation, and. It was, hmm, I'll I'll try to sum it up here. Basically, the habits were to drink a lot of Red Bull, work incredibly long hours, not really concern myself with taking care of myself, Yeah, and uh, to repeat the process every day. So it was kind of, it was, you know, like, I'm a very social person. And that's a key thing for me. I know I need to be social mm-hmm. to the degree that I'm social and the degree that, you know, with, social, with being social and going out, you know, after you're 21 involves, uh, you know, substances sometimes. And so I just got really into caffeine and, and alcohol and um, all that stuff. But it was to a degree that I think was dangerous and there was no healthy aspect. Yeah. I was eating poorly probably Um, weren't getting a lot of sleep. Not getting a lot of sleep at all. You know, maybe four hours a night. I was very stressed. And one day I was working, it was the first game that I audio directed. And I was working on engine sounds for a game that's like long forgotten. But it was called Stuntman Ignition. And it was the very first game that I was the audio quote unquote director. I was basically the only audio person. Okay. And so I, by (laughs) default, I got audio director position. Yeah like billing which seems great Mm -hmm. but like and i don't want to diss the game or the company they're all great people um but it's kind of like getting top billing at like you know like a really like niche coffee house and you play like sad acoustic songs and do spoken word (laughs) shit you know yeah you're like i got friday night exactly (laughs) i got friday night at the uh the rowdy bean <laughs> in El Paso. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For Which sure. is it's like you're there, you're doing it. You're yeah. but it's not like I'm playing the Paramount and selling yeah. that out, you know. Um, but it was stressful though? Was it the workload was huge? The workload was huge. I was also, you know, like learning on the job. Okay. Yeah. And I had just gotten married and just realized I, you know, I'd married into a substantial amount of debt. So when I counted it all up, I think right before this happened, I had looked at it and I'm just going to give a dollar figure because I don't give a shit because yeah. it's paid off and it's done. Yeah. But I, um, I had no real concept. I mean, I had a concept of money, but I was just like, I'm building the company. We're spending money. I was very bullish on everything. Mm-hmm. And like, I wasn't even confident in my abilities. That's kind of the funny thing. I was just like, I was going into the guise of if I build it, it'll work, Yeah, which it did eventually. (laughs) But I looked up one day, and I had agreed to take all the guys that work for me on a trip to Las Vegas. And this is year four of our company. (laughs) And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to get Excel out. I just want to see... Where I'm at. And I was about $150,000 in Jeez. debt. <laughs> and so I stressed out. And I started working even more and taking on more stuff. And one day I was editing um, engine sounds and I, like, fell out of my chair. Oh, shit. And so I went to the doctor, emergency doctor. And they were like, you have the blood pressure of, like, a 65-year-old that's oh, been man. like chain smoking and <laughs> and so uh, they asked me my routines and i told them well i have like four cans of red bull then i go to work and then <laughs> you know like i drink a lot of booze at, at, at the end of the night yeah and they were like the booze is probably fine <laughs> the red bull is killing you <laughs> and so and i also had coffee on top of the red. Button. Oh, man. Yeah. Tons of caffeine. It's tons of caffeine. And you add in stress and not knowing what to do. And so then at that point, I was like, all right, need to be healthier. Um, it took much longer for me to really get into routines and like look to take a hard look at my daily habits. But I started to be aware of it back then, and that was 2006. 2006, okay. Yeah. So, about
0: 10 years. 10 years that ago. That kind of got you on the track to be maybe a little more
1: conscious of. Much more conscious. Yeah. What yeah. You're doing. And I'm, I got to say, like, I'm much happier because of the routines. Like, yeah. that's a huge factor in, I would say, my success and my ability to handle stress and things like that. And, okay. like, you know, still be hired and still be relevant after. 10 years in the games industry, which at this point in the games industry, I'm not median age, but I'm a little bit older, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a young industry.
0: Yeah. Um, would you say, what would you say is maybe, if you could, uh-huh. pick like maybe your most essential habit or routine that you've picked up? Like, if, if, like, I. Took control of your life and I said you get to keep one thing that you do. Right. What would that be Ooh. for maybe happiness or the one?
1: There there's really two. Okay, yeah. But I'm gonna have to use two. Because I think it. they're equally important. Um the first one is to journal. Journal. Okay. Every day. I journal every single day.
0: And is that like artist's way, like the morning pages, or is it no. kind of um, freehan- free- it's It's
1: it's free form. Freeform. It started out as some severe depression that I went through maybe about three years ago and I just didn't know what else to do but to journal and the journaling was like way more intensive than uh, but one day I was like I'm just going to write every day and so I started the the gratefulness journal okay yeah and I do that I would do that and I still do it sometimes if I can't think of anything else to write I literally write down five things I'm thankful for that's awesome and it's a super good habit because it puts you immediately in a good headspace. Absolutely. You know, so like I'll have a coffee and I'll journal and I'll think and then I'll think about what I want to accomplish. And I've, I've, what I find is that when you put something on paper, and this has been said so many times, I'm just reiterating what's been said 17,000 times. Sure. When you put something on paper, it's, it manifests itself. Whether that's yeah. negative or positive, it's out. If it's a negative thing, it's out of your head all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. If it's a positive thing, you know, if it's a goal, if you don't, there's, I, I don't know, I would love to hear of somebody that succeeded at something that's like very difficult to succeed at without writing it down at some point. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. as this is going to sound hyper cheesy, um, but essentially all you're doing is taking a moment with no phone to literally get in touch with yourself. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. And And you do it freehand. I do it freehand. Yeah. To me, like some people prefer the computer. Yeah. I'm on a computer all day and I'm typing and I'm emailing. Like I try to keep my computer for creative purposes and for work. Yeah. You know, um, journaling is a hyper-personal thing. And for me, this is, again, this is just my preference. I buy these journals, uh, you know, they're like four inches by six inches or whatever the dimensions are. But they're a little smaller. They have maybe 200 pages. And what i love to see is I'm on year... I'm on year three, so I've done it for about three and a half years. Okay, And what's awesome is I have a box that's just full of shit that I've written every single day. Yeah. And that's kind of cool to see. And, you know, occasionally, very rarely, I go and, like, I'll, like, read just a random day from a random moment and just to see where I was at. Yeah. And that's fascinating in and of itself, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, you know, and and I think the biggest thing that I learned, there was a moment... So, I, when I was... I got a divorce in 2012, and that, mm-hmm. like, right around there. In 2012, I took my... Uh, I took a video game to a thing called IndieCade. So, I made my own video oh, yeah. game called Cosmic DJ. And I went to IndieCade in Los Angeles, and I had never been a journaler or a writer before. But I decided... I'm going to write something on the plane
0: yeah.
1: that n- I know no one will ever read, and I'm not going to self-edit. And it, and I wrote the whole flight to L.A., which is not long, but it's like two and a half hours or three hours or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's a sizable chunk for yeah. someone who doesn't write. You know? I, re- I wrote for three hours. Like, I didn't give a shit if anybody saw it. But I knew, like, I finally wrote for myself. mm And I think that's the the issue with creativity is like when you create something, there's a subconscious thing sometimes where you know that people are going to hear it. Yeah. And so it makes you a little bit more apprehensive about what and how you're doing it. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. So for like the, you know, we, we both make electronic music. So for the electronic music musicians within us, there's a part of, production of producing a track where you're like I'll do something and I'm like I like that but it's to this or it's to that oh for sure yeah and, and you know maybe it's good to self edit like that to a certain degree but with journaling I, I find that if I don't self edit if I write whatever the fuck is on my mind unab- like unabashed you know mm. just completely naked then I get that out of my system Oh, yeah. You know, and I find that to be very important. It makes it easier to do uh, in my creative work and my work and in my writing with fitness and health. It makes it easier to be like, fuck it. You know, like oh, this yeah. is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because you train your body to like accept. You train your body and your mind to accept exactly who you are. Yeah. You know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a weird way. Like
0: it gets some. And
1: it, it, yeah.
0: Just yeah, practicing not always censoring yourself. Exactly. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, I think, yeah, a lot of what it takes is to shut it down. Because your best ideas come up. Your best ideas are borderline stupid. You know what I mean? Always. Just, like, they're always, they come out. And it's like, you know, all the genius ideas, it's like someone's like, that's stupid. That's never going to work. And then when it does, you know, they're like, oh. It's so obvious now, but when it came out, it always, you know, and I think you have to, in order to come up with good ideas, like, right. especially if you're working on new songs or coming up with new sounds, like, sure. it's just like, who would have thought you came up with, you know, you used a pig snort to make a, a laser sound, right? You know, who knows, you know? Well,
1: you know, with sound design in particular, and, the, and I don't want to get overly into the sound design aspect because, you know, it's like, it's the mechanics of it are maybe not that interesting to everyone. Yeah. But... You know, there's a tendency to layer and layer and layer. Yeah. And so the sort of um, the, the the process becomes like every time you have a sound, you grab everything, and you're you you know um, if I'm making like a magical shield break. Yeah. You know, I might grab. Glass and then time stretch glass and then make a synthesizer out of glass, uh, make a synth patch out of glass and then play that for a second and then grab more glass and add some delay to that and like, you know, and overdo it and overdo it and overdo it. Like, yeah. sounds used to take me, I used to get done, I used to get about five done a day mm-hmm. and now I get about 25 done a day. Oh, wow. Because I censor myself less. I'm like, no, that's that's rad even though the process isn't as interesting yeah I know the output is better I'm yeah. better at making decisions it's the same thing it's a, a DJ you know it's like what what I've learned I've learned so much about the creative process from DJing yeah because you know when I start it's funny when I started DJing and, and I find this to be DJing to be so analogous to the creative process in general oh yeah absolutely you know because yeah. like it's in the moment. You're there, and you're putting something out in the world, right? Mm. And it can't be stopped. It's coming out, no matter if you want it to or not. Yeah,
0: you can. The party you have a party. To, people to are run. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't like you're in that
1: pressure. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and you know, and I had, I had kind of approached it like, all right, so I'm gonna get four decks and tractor, and then I'm gonna get machine, and then I'm gonna also use Ableton, and I did, like I set this up. Uh huh. And then I started playing, and I'm like, this is, like, A, it's too much to keep up with because I'm just learning how to DJ. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and B, like, it doesn't really need it, No, you know?
0: Like, yeah, simplicity. I mean, yeah, you got to go back. You know, the original DJing was just playing song after, a, play song. A, song after no, a song. Not even any beat matching. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like, find a good place to bring in the next song. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For sure. And so I find that, you know, like... What's, what's super fascinating to me is finding those that, you know, with DJing, is like, okay, it's so analogous to the creative process because what is simple is sometimes the best. And it doesn't matter, like, <clears throat> DJs kind of, and DJs and creative people can, like, shit on each other sometimes about their process. Yeah. But the people dancing or the people taking in your content don't give a fuck. Yeah. They don't care mm-hmm. how you got it. They just like it. You know? Well,
0: and I think uh, I think the biggest problem, like especially it. with DJs, like what you're saying, yeah. going back to the shutting down your self center, is in my experience, DJs that are the best, it almost doesn't really matter what specifically you're playing, like what song or right. how you mixed it. What it is is about more of how you feel about that song. Absolutely. You know, because you can sit there and see some DJs, and you just get like when there's a bad DJ, you realize that they're just not. Into the music how they want to be. And then other DJs that are really good. Yeah. And even though it may not be the kind of music that you like, but if they're having a ball up there and you can tell they're like, they're into the music, they're into what they're doing, they feel the crowd, they 100%. feel the people around them. You're like, you can't help but at least have a at least a little bit of a good time. Even if it's the worst music totally. that you hate, you know.
1: No, you know, like uh, people, uh, like a lot of people like the shit on the chain smokers, you know. Oh, the the group. The yeah. group, yeah. yeah, and like you know, to be honest, it's not not my go-to listening jams. So yeah. Like I don't go home and like listen to it, but holy fuck, those guys look like they're having the best time. Yeah. And people like it. People oh, like absolutely. it for that. I think they like it for that reason. You know, it's like very graspable. Like their songs are like completely formulaic. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're literally not doing anything new. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I don't go home and jam it. But at the same time, if I was, if someone was like, "Hey, here's a ticket to go see them. Do you want to go?" I'd be like, yeah. "Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, let's go, yeah." Yeah, and I'd probably dance. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean,
0: I had the same experience when I saw Skrillex too. Yeah, like, totally. You know, like I, I went and saw him and
1: puts on a good show, dude. Has fun up there and you he has know. a great time. I saw him and Diplo do a party, the Minecraft party in San oh, Francisco. What? <laughs> Oh, and you know awesome. what? Uh, they like literally like I, I was like, this is why these guys are who they are. Yeah, like for they sure. just were having the best fucking time.
0: That's yeah, and I think what going back to that is just that as a DJ, when you're learning, you know, there is that self-critic because especially like for me, I play a lot of eclectic music, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, and especially when I started out, I don't think a lot of my friends were into like say house or techno. Sure, a lot, I was so I was always scared that if uh, you know, if I'm going to play some house and techno, people are just going to like criticize, oh, this is just boring, blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know, I, the reception that I got, the more that I did it, it was it was fine. People just want to dance. They just you know? want to dance. And I think if you were true to just like, even if you think the music you play, like the music that you like is cheesy or dumb, yeah, or, you know, sure. it's not for everyone, just play it because the ultimate thing and that will make people like you as an artist and a DJ right. is just doing what you enjoy that you do. Yeah. You know? And and not being like, oh, I don't know if people are going to be into this. I don't know, you know. Right. And with the DJing, you have to kind of just riff in the moment. Like, I'm just going to play this song. You know, like I want to play it. It's going to work. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes Sometimes, it does. Sometimes it
1: doesn't work, (laughs) but you know, you know when you get in a groove as a DJ, which again I think is completely analogous to great artists in their creation process. I really, truly feel like the audience, like you said, the audience picks up on that. Like yeah. whenever I get out of my head and I'm, you know, when I started playing music and when I started sound designing, I was, I always started it with what I thought I should do, not what I wanted to do necessarily. Interesting. And so that, that's been the biggest thing. And, you know, like we talk about the, this is this, you know, we started off talking about rituals. Yeah, so I've learned the power of this and now a ritual is to just simply practice writing and being like, you know, I realized one day So my process for like writing music is a little different than sound design sound design I'm I've done it for so long. Yeah, I've done it so much that my in my head to my output extremely quick and it just can't be stopped it's kind of like a it's a true flow very rarely do I get stumped I don't always get the exact result I want yeah but I never just stop and I'm like wait, how do I do this it's never a challenge in the in a technical sense okay it's a challenge potentially in a creative sense but mainly it's a challenge against myself to do something that I haven't overdone or a technique I haven't overused. Yeah, sure. Which is why I believe that part of, um, you know, I think where, where I think daily rituals are incredibly important, I think a creatively um, changing your workflow yeah. is a really good move. Change your environment. Uh, change what time of day you do things change. If you, if you're a work, like I'm a working sound designer. So about five years ago or four years ago, I decided I, you know, I'd never traveled. I'd never been out of the country four years ago and I'm, I'm almost 39. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I need to like, you know, grab a little life by the balls. Yeah. And, so I'm like, uh, why am I? I'm working from home anyway. Why can't I work from Berlin?
0: Oh, for sure. And yeah. So
1: I went to Berlin, and so going to Berlin, I had to go minimal on my setup, and it completely <laughs> changed the way I worked. Yeah, for sure. And I had to work in headphones because you know I'm not going to bring speakers on the on the plane or buy them there, and it'd be really res- in the places that I was staying. You had to be very respectful of the noise volume. Yeah. Yeah. mm Hmm. So it was a great experience, though, because it made me rethink my approach. Mm-hmm. Because I had less to work with. Restrictions, yeah. Restrictions, exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest problem with um, artists in the technical age that are getting started. You know, yeah. when you, if you're a visual person, if you're a sound person, or a musician, or uh, whatever, the biggest issue is not what you can do but what you like what you can't do yeah you, know, you can do kind of anything so yeah. it's really comes down to like selecting the right approach absolutely yeah
0: um and also uh, and then to get back to i guess where we started what uh what would you say is your second one so journaling was your first yeah like essential you know routine or right habit
1: and you do that every day you said yes okay uh working out by far working out interesting yes. okay absolutely uh whether it's like riding a bike around um going to, to to the gym and lifting weights okay um i didn't start with weights because it felt like so jockey Yeah, you for know sure. and i'm uh-huh. so i'm like so not jockey yeah <laughs> but i started lifting weights and holy fuck i felt a lot better you interesting. know interesting yeah and like, uh, how often do you uh lift weights or i do so i don't like i'm not i don't like lift hard weights i'm yeah. not like i don't i'm not one of these guys at the gym that's like grunting really loudly <laughs> i find that super <laughs> off putting <laughs> Um, (laughs) maybe you could
0: do it during like your shows. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I could do it during my shows. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think that'd be good. Yeah. Um, I, I go probably four times a week. Okay. Awesome. And just for like, I'll ride my bike to the gym. That's 15 minutes. I'll work out for 20 and I'll ride my bike back. Okay. So, and that's 15 more minutes. do you, is
0: there a part of the day that you usually like to do
1: that in the morning after work? I was really adamant about first thing in the morning for a while. Okay. Like right after journaling, I would go work out. I want to get back to that, because right now I've put it more in the midday category. Okay. Uh, But that's much harder to do, especially in the Austin uh, summertime. Oh, yeah. So, like, three in the afternoon is a fucking rough time to go work out. It's brutal, yeah, riding your bike during that. But, yeah, I I would say that that's been a life changer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you feel better. You eventually start to look better. I think if you go to the gym with the attitude and the sort of goal of like losing weight or getting buff like that's the wrong attitude. Yeah. If you simply go in just to feel better? Yeah. When you feel better, you will look better by default. Totally. That it's just the way it works. Like you can you can eat nothing but kale and lift a fuck ton of weights and like you know, really be on your grind. But if that doesn't make you feel better, you're not going to look any better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be increasingly hard to keep yourself doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, like I think uh, the biggest thing with like, you know, because everybody wants to work out. That's not like. Yeah, sure. And I think the, I think, yeah, like you're saying, the big inspiration, that w- the reason why everyone wants to do it. Right. Because, oh, I want to look good. I want to be, you know, like hot or whatever. Right. And it's like. Well, that's a dumb reason because, you know, like it's, what's that going to bring you? You know, it's not going to necessarily make you happy. A hundred percent. You know,
1: when you have, and I think that's actually like something that's rarely, it's talked about, but it's not talked about enough. What I've realized is like, I have to do deep dives on my reasoning for doing things, you know? Um, So like, for example, you know, maybe there's, there's been projects in the past that I've wanted to do mm-hmm. and I haven't, I, I haven't fulfilled those projects or completed them because essentially my only real reasoning was money or because other people are doing it, you know, they had the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know? And I'm, sure. I don't love to admit that, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I find with like, game audio it's just like why do i like to do it well because it's fun with djing why do i like to dj well because i get in a fucking zen state yeah but I get totally. to be around a bunch of people you know and like i get in the in the mode you know like uh and that's like a more pure goal or more pure like reasoning than yeah. i want to like you know have sex with a bunch of people or <laughs> yeah. I want to, you know, get really rich. Like getting really rich as an end goal, is really kind of a hard one.
0: Yeah, because I mean, getting rich is really the—it's kind of the beginning. You know, making money is like okay, now you got to spend all this money. What are you going to do with it? Right. Yeah,
1: and I thought, and like even like look at the personality type that want to do that. Yeah. You know, and I'm not shitting on those people. I'm just saying like, to want to get rich as your end game, is that means that you love money so much that you want it all. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: And there's nothing that's going to stop you. Right.
1: And there's there, I, you know, and I, and I, of course I love to have money, but I, I'm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess on that, um,
0: kind of going like so i guess let's get maybe more specific what other routines do you do like let's say what would your morning a typical morning routine like if you got if you got a good morning
1: uh typical routine good morning would be probably wake up about 7 7:30 make coffee i do the mm. butter coffee right now i'm all into that
0: oh yeah no i'm about it it's great
1: journal um and then kind of get to work, and I would do probably like an hour and 15 minute block. Mm-hmm. And maybe read a bit after the hour and 15, and then go to the gym. And then come back from the gym. I tend to work in hour and 15 minute increments. Okay. I find that to be really 45's more optimal. But uh, and if I, I like to push myself a little bit. Again, it's a routine. Yeah. If you can be like I've been using this thing called Toggle. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's a timer. I think oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a timer app and so I time myself with everything. And I'm really diligent about changing it. Like if I'm looking at Facebook, I stop my timer. Okay. And because I want to see that I have an hour and 15 minutes of pure un you know, uninterrupted like work. Okay, yeah. Work or creative burst. And what's amazing is that I've found that, like, I've been doing this for about three months. Mm-hmm. And I've found that I actually work out of an eight-hour day where I'm technically kind of, like, when people work an eight-hour day, they don't actually
0: work an eight-hour day. Oh, yeah. They spend most of it not working. Right. During-
1: there may be two or three hours in there. So, you know, and I was timing myself. And at first I was, like, it was Really bad. I was like maybe two and a half hours of work. Yeah. From say like nine a.m. to six. And are uh, and are you saying that these blocks are like like the
0: the creative type of work, or is this are these blocks also like administrative, like emails and all kinds of stuff? So
1: it depends. Um, it depends on what I'm trying to track. I've been tracking everything.
0: Everything, okay. So
1: the creative aspect, the actually like I'm working on being creative would probably be... So I'm at four and a half to five hours of uninterrupted work a day. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted to get there is, you know, like my job can be fairly demanding sometimes. Yeah. But I also wanted to fit in like DJing. So Mm -hmm. I was like... My theory was, what if I... What if I only worked five hour, or four or five hours a day, but I could like do two projects? What if I was so good and so focused during my, you know, if I have two clients, I give them each like two and a half hour blocks, you know mm-hmm. Now you have to charge a lot of money for those blocks to make it worth your time. Yeah, But the theory was, and you know I've ended up doing more because there's so much administration stuff. But if I can give them that, like, what do I get in return? Meaning, like, like how how much content can I actually get done in two and a half hours per client? Yeah. And what's amazing is if it's uninterrupted and if it's focused time, I can get a metric fuck ton of stuff <laughs> done for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even, like, working on my own tracks for fitness and health. You know, I don't get paid for that. That's just a fun thing I do. And, like, yeah. DJing. like. I've started DJing during the day as kind of a break between the projects. Okay, you know? yeah, so just kind of take your mind off. Take my mind off. Yeah. Exactly, zen out for like twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, and then go back to the. Go back to actual work. Okay, that's it's been, great. It's been huge um, because I'm, I practice DJing every day, and twenty minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but if you just take twenty minutes every day. And practice that thing that you like or dedicate a little time. Absolutely. You know, you'll get better at it. And by the by, the very measure of you getting better at it, mm-hmm. you'll sort of... God, I'm going to sound like a, such a hippie here. <laughs> but you'll manifest more of that in your life.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so, and then you fit... You would say maybe like how often do you try to work on production?
1: Oh, uh, probably four times a week. Okay. And I And again, so production is that's an interesting one I'm glad you asked about it what I do uh, this is a so my production process which uh, it's not perfect but I'm really liking it it's the best for me that I've ever had like tonight I'm gonna go home and practice with Jeff for a little while okay and then I'm going to grab my laptop take my headphones and go to Yellow Jacket and have a beer and just edit my material Oh, okay. Nice. Because what I do is, when I'm home and I'm, you know, in my studio, yeah, I just throw anything that I want. Like I don't self-edit at all, and so I have hundreds of pieces of content. Sure. And then I go to the bar and I think about it and I edit that material into a track and I arrange at the bar, and then I go back to my house and mix it home.
0: Yeah, I find that incre- I, increasingly necessary for me to try to get out of my space, which has been kind of a challenge because I work on a desktop. Right. I could produce, so it's kind of like, oh. right. But, yeah, getting, getting out of your normal studio – and getting into another environment. Exactly. just It puts you in... It it kind of streamlines it, in, in a way, depending on the environment. You yeah, know? 100%. Yeah, like, I, I really enjoy going to the library, even if it's just for reading. Like, I get distracted reading at home. But totally. But di- reading at the library or getting, like, writing or doing anything is, like...
1: I mean, like, really, like, just getting out of the house yeah. is key, you know? Um, I've, I've found that, like, you know, because... The thing is, is if you work in your desktop machine in the same room every single time, you're going to get, just subconsciously, you get used to the same processes.
0: Yeah, and you kind of... Yeah, and you do those over and over again. For sure.
1: You know, I don't always go to Yellow Jacket. Sometimes I go to a coffee shop. Sometimes I'll ride my bike downtown and go to a bar downtown. Um, You know, uh, I tend to like to do it at a bar just because it's kind of a lighter atmosphere and... And I can smoke and there's no excuse for me to not get something done. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just, I'm there and that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not particularly social, but I'm around other people. So it feels like I've gotten something done. And I, you know, obviously I don't get like super hammered during these sessions, (laughs) but I might have iced coffee instead of beer. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just good to ride your bike. Clear your head, and then have a moment where you can piece it all together. Yeah. And with, with, I do that, you know, sound design, you go out and you record source material. And, you know, you have these little adventures. And you, um, like,
0: also, like, when you go to the, uh, like, to the bar to work on stuff, would you say you kind of got, like, a stripped down set up like way just with more your, stripped down with your laptop maybe and that's As, it essentially I'm at that
1: point uh yeah i have like a machine micro okay they'll bring with me just in case like i'm like ah, i need this one thing yeah because then i have the access to the machine library okay yeah. and i have access to like a really simplistic midi controller yeah which is kind of nice um but mainly it's a it's an editing process it's yeah. like i have all the audio there and, and that I,
0: keeps you from going back to, you, you right. know, I get stuck in that loop where you're like, exactly. okay, I'm playing. Oh, but you know, I got to tweak that. Oh, that's a little too loud. Or maybe that sound isn't enough. Maybe I need to put exactly. something else and make that kick a little bit harder or something, you know, like, hundred yeah. percent. Yes. So it's good to get away from yeah. all your tools and just get in the box. You literally work with thing. what you
1: have yeah. and then you make that dope. And then, you know, like some of the best stuff I've done is like on the plane. Yeah, You know, just like, <laughs> sure. okay, like I don't have access to that. So I'm going to make it work this way. But I find what's cool is like, you know, for me as like a sound guy, it's to have like a lot of source material to work from. Okay. That's yeah. the most important. So thing.
0: yeah, you just get a lot. You, you put a bunch down, let your mind go free, yeah. you get a bunch of ideas. Yes. Then, like if yeah.
1: anyone actually saw my session, they would be like, oh my God, you're the worst. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to grab another. I'm going to grab. Okay, hey, yeah. Hey, audience, I'm going to grab another beer. Beer break. Uh, cool. Check, and check. And.
0: Let's see. Are we back? I think we're back. Oh, yes, we are. All right. So, there's just a few more things I wanted to cover. Um, I guess the the first thing is uh, one thing that popped up, you know, kind of when we were talking about, like, when you get to work and you get yeah. to these segments. So that's something I've been trying to do a lot, too. Uh, I picked up this. Uh, there's a guy called uh, named Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work, where okay. he talks about um, it's Very similar. I highly recommend it. Um, he talks about that, you know, generally people have three to four hours of pure deep work. Like yes. Like working. Basically, that's you're putting yourself into the zone where you're uh, it's, it's the thing that you love to do and you're doing it you're challenging yourself and you're doing it to the best of your abilities basically. Right. So if you're a writer, you're pushing yourself on creating this novel, you're doing deep hard work, you're a musician, you're writing songs or whatever it is. And, uh, and so he talks about, you know, cutting out distractions and he talks about, you know, doing it for say an hour, like you do, uh, 45 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes, uh, 90 minutes, whatever it is. Right. Um, and so that kind of resonated, but one one of the things that popped up uh, for me that I'm interested to see what your take on uh, like how you deal with it is, sort of knowing what needs to be done, especially because mm-hmm. like when you're working on a game, I'm sure there's just uh, so many know, There's so many little details you got to iron out. How do yeah. you sort of? You know, I've been working on trying to create, say, checklists or what do I need to get done today? Sure. What is your approach to creating? Like, how do you know what you need to do today? How do you know, am I going to work on
1: this? Am I going to work on that? That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's hard to answer, but I'll do my best. Okay. So, essentially, like, with a game, the developer might tell you something. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I want X, Y, and Z. I use a lot of lists, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll keep them online typically like Trello. I'll use Trello, oh, use Trello. a lot. Okay. Yeah, or I'll use Wonder List. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty decent one. Um, not as deep as Trello, but pretty good. Uh, I also like send myself reminders with Siri. Or okay. like a Cortana or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, I do that a lot. Um, So I'll start the day and I'll just, I'll I'll do game stuff and then I'll do music stuff. Yeah. With game stuff, basically like, if I don't have anything to do, I typically have a mountain of stuff that's obvious to do. Okay, yeah. But if I don't, I just go in and I play the game for like... 20 minutes, and I do time track that because that's technically working. So I'll play the game for 20 minutes, and I'll just say, "What do I want to do? Like, yeah. where do I want to? Where do I? How do I want to be creative?" And that's kind of my approach anyway. Like, even if I have a long list of things to do, I will basically like, you know, uh, look at the thing that's most interesting to me that I'm most motivated for. And like today, for example. I've been setting up a music system for this game, yeah. and it was like the it was the last thing on my list that I could do without sitting down and playing the game, and I didn't really feel like playing the game because I play it all the time. Yeah, so I decided I'm going to create the music system today, and what and like I made a tweak to it. I'm like I know certain things are temporary, but to make it interesting to me, I'm going to test out this MIDI system. Uh, that runs in game in real time. Okay, so you can create mm-hmm. music with essentially you can create samplers with uh, sound objects in the game. Oh wow! And so you cool. can feed the game MIDI data, mm-hmm. and you can say so uh, for for character A, uh, play this MIDI file. Yeah, and use this sound bank. For character B, play the same MIDI file and use this sound bank.
0: Interesting.
1: So, you know, it's kind of like that like that's what I was kind of interested in So I ran through and I set up the music system today. Okay, and it was something that I had been avoiding But you know like once I got into it It became very interesting to me and i I tweaked it I added a tweak to it to make it more interesting Mm. and to like try to learn something more about the program and about the system that I'm using yeah, so I would say to answer your question, hopefully briefly, the way that I find out what to do, sometimes I do it the night before, but essentially it's by quickly assessing what it is that I'm trying to do, looking at the end goal. With a video game, it's very easy. So I look at the end goal and I'm like, I want this to sound rad. Okay, yeah. And then I play the game and if it doesn't fall in the sounds rad category, (laughs) I fix it. Okay, yeah. Or I start tweaking and finding out what it is, what is it going to take to make this thing sound rad? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're, you're with games specifically,
0: you're probably also given from the developer, you know, I, uh, from what I've seen, they kind of like, okay, we have, like, this list. We need all these sounds. We need a sound for this character. Right. We need a sound for this level. We need a sound for this sound, this, this gun, this... Footsteps or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So they send you a big list. Okay, you have to make... Actually,
1: they don't. Oh, they don't. Okay. They don't. I make the list.
0: Oh, so you play the game. I play the you game. You think and about everything that needs sound. What I sounds. want to happen.
1: Oh, okay. And so I find a way to make that happen. Of course, okay. they'll have suggestions. Sure. They want sounds for X, Y, and Z. But, you know, typically, like, when you're dealing with some... That's not their area of expertise. So they're not going to, like, know necessarily what all sounds they need. Oh, okay. You know? So that's my job. Yeah. Is to play the game and see where we could put sounds and then find a system to support playing those types of sounds. Okay. If there isn't already something in place. So, like, say, if you're
0: trying to set up, say, goals for, Mm -hmm. you know, you get a new game or whatever, you're starting with nothing, you go in there and you just get a big list of stuff, just big exactly. list. And then you, you know, this needs sound, this needs sound, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then you just kind of keep, just kind of freehand, just put everything down. Yes. And then, um, how do you sort of go in, then you, later you would go in and prioritize what needs to be done. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, essentially like the beautiful thing about a game that's different from like the DJing thing is that with a game I can go in and I can say, what's the most important thing to the player? Yeah, you know, if I'm playing this game because oftentimes just like any creative thing, the thing that a developer will be very interested in might be the thing that doesn't really matter to the player. So it doesn't sure. matter to the end game. So they might be focused on you know, I I worked on a game recently that's, you know, 40 hours long and I would get tasked with a specific thing in a specific level. In a 40-hour game. Now, the player is going to experience this once or twice, maybe. Yeah. But if your footsteps are bad, that's going to be annoying the whole time. If your guns are shit, that's going to be annoying the whole time or not be powerful. Like, you have to consider how to deliver the most impact for what you're creating. Yeah. And the same is true of anything where, like, a user is involved or an audience is involved, you Mm -hmm. know? Um and so yeah, I prioritize that way. Like with games, I prioritize what annoys me as someone playing this game or what am I not what do I want to hear as somebody playing this game and like hopefully I get time and typically I do, mm-hmm. but get time to be like, okay, I'm a player and this happens, like what would be rad when this event happens. Okay, yeah. And then, you know, you do that and it sounds rad and you're like, cool. Mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. With DJing and with Electronic music, it's a little different because your goal setting is so much more on your own clock and yeah. on your own dime. Yeah, it's way vaguer because you, yeah. you have
0: maybe not even a, a, yeah, you don't even like someone maybe come across this track, you know? Exactly. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess the goal there is like, have you know, like, A, make something cool that you like, mm-hmm. but B, like, make something that if you played it, out at a party that people might dance to at least that's that's for me well
0: so like i mean so it comes down to um you wake up it's tuesday um you look at say okay you want to work on some music right uh do you how do you decide oh okay well i have these three or four tracks that maybe have promise i'm gonna go right. through and give them some structure or do some arrangement ah, uh, yeah, yeah. or like or i'm gonna take this track and i'm gonna do a mix down a final mix down i got a pretty solid sure or i'm gonna get this one ready or i need to you know i need to bounce this one down and listen to it some more maybe check it out right like, right it's decided like for me that's the toughest part is i i wake up i'm like okay cool i got all these things to do which one do i do like i'm so like I, if i could if i had Endless revenue stream. I would just sit
1: around and make new tracks every day. Every I love single day, making new tracks. No, it's the most fun you know, thing. Yeah, finishing a track is hard. That's the yeah. Starting the a track part. is fun. And so what what I've done to sort of self um, self police. Yeah. Is I started this like little label, and like I have a very simple goal. At least in this world, I'm like I want to do stuff for. Uh, you know, like I want to get my shit on Beatport. And Uh so without label support, you know, I could either A, send tracks to labels, or B, start my own label and have a consistent enough release schedule to where Beatport eventually picks up the label. I see. So I'm going to go with A, ultimately, like send my tracks out, but even to send your tracks out to a label, they want to see consistency. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm forcing consistency in my music, Okay. you know, because like, yeah, like as far as a musician, I'm like an incredibly small time, you know, like, um, I make a lot of tracks and typically they're heard in Austin and you know, the game stuff is an outlet more for the world. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the tracks are something that I really enjoy Mm -hmm. and I, I love doing, um, But, you know, like, I've found that there's a couple of ways to, like, view it. Like, I could either view it as just, it's just this little hobby that I have. Or I could, like, push myself a little further. And so I try to push myself a little further with it. And I force myself. I'm like, all right, so this track, you have to fucking finish it. Because I know I can do it. I just have to actually, like, do the not fun part. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it's really fun to get high and jam And, like, make that perfect fucking loop and, like, be like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. (laughs) But to make the perfect loop that other people might want to DJ, it's really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to force yourself to do it. I used to, like, look down on techno and I used to look down on dance music in general because I felt like it was so simplistic that it was so easy to create. Yeah. And then I tried to create it. And I'm like... Yeah, sure. I can grab, like anybody can grab an 808 kick or, you know, a a kick drum and go four on the floor. Yeah. And maybe do like a little synth thing. But it's interesting to me because now that I've done it, like to find something that's funky and danceable and kind of dope. Yeah. Within that very rigid structure, actually quite a challenge. Oh, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's easy to find something kind of cool. But like to make the whole thing dope, to make it be dope for seven minutes. Yeah, that's that's masterful. Oh, like, totally. I really respect. That I, I can see
0: it coming from. Yeah, you pre, you know, producer, like when you're just doing sound design, like you know, especially with techno, like a big part of the draw of techno is the sound design. You know, well, these otherworldly alien sounds people are making. And so, you know, I imagine you're like, oh, I do that all day. I'm probably, I could kick ass at this. Oh, yeah. And then you walk into it and you realize, oh, yeah, well, the best techno tracks, it's that sound design, but it's that marriage of beautiful other, you know, like next level sound design with funky ass beats that that push you, that convey deep and like, that take you on a journey just the sound
1: a hundred percent you know and it's also the choices that they make because they're not using a lot of content yeah Mm -hmm. you know it's It's like stripped down completely and like you know that's something I've learned within actually within the last year Mm -hmm. that's informed a lot of my artistic um, choices even in games it's like I used to be the layering guy yeah so my approach was just to add more shit to the stew Mm-hmm. in hopes that it would be so spicy that people would be like yeah it tastes pretty good yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a beauty in minimalism yeah in all things that we experience hell yeah and I will say that techno taught me this yeah interesting yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> cool um, I guess also too you know kind of getting back into the checklists and yeah. stuff like, You know, so you've gone down and this is kind of something I'm interested to hear how you do it is your approach because you're you're the president of your company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the lead sound designer. So I wasn't
1: voted in to be fair. Yeah. But it's your company. You (laughs) are
0: the de facto leader of your company. Yes. Yes. Um, And I was just wondering how you approach, um, you know, and you also you work with Jeff. Mm hmm. Um. In uh, fitness, what's his last name again? Uh, uh, Belcher. Belcher, yeah, Jeff Belcher, Jeffy B. who's also awesome. Yeah, great He's, guy. Uh, but you know, and so you work with uh, a lot of collaboration. You a work with a team in yes. video games and with clients. Yes. Um, and then in your in your production world, you also work with Jeff. Yes. Um, who's also part of the Who's also part of Gleek. Yeah. yeah um, So I, I just kind of want to like. Maybe dig into any sort of rituals or habits that you have in, you know, running a good team, doling out, like, how do you dole out, like, responsibilities and stuff like that? Okay. And and approach, like, what are your team meetings like? How do you, they're kind of like, I have to get psyched up for talking to people about what needs to be done, how it needs to improve. I'll tell you the way
1: that I do it now. Yeah. It's not sexy. Yeah. And not even that interesting, really. Mm -hmm. But I can say that, like... I think there's a tendency for people to that, that run something, you know, to like over manage it sometimes. Yeah. And ultimately it's like raising kids a little bit. I'm not saying that people that work for me are children at all. I'm just saying that like, you can't be around for every decision your child makes, nor can you be around for every decision that someone that works for you makes. Yeah. So the best way to manage is to simply trust them. For and sure. Trust their personality and trust their motivation. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: And that's all. That's it. That's really it. Like I don't hire people that I have to manage. Cool. I yeah. hire people that will help manage their own thing. Yeah. And essentially manage me. hmm You know, in that sense. Like yeah. I want when I when I hire uh, you know, when someone's brought onto my team and I'm like, yeah, I look for people that kind of know how to sell themselves a little bit, that yeah. can do well um, at a kind of a corporate meeting, but also maintain their personality and their um, their own identity. Uh, and people that want to make great sounding things and great sounding games and have a great experience while doing so.
0: Yeah. So you're like, yeah, they're motivated on the same ends that you're motivated exactly
1: so you don't have to exactly yeah this is why like i it's very hard to get into the the thing but you know like in the in the beginning i tried to be more of a manager yeah and i tried to be you know i paid less at that time and i did a lot more work in meetings and we would You know, I I was all about like, okay, are we going to use Scrum? Are we going to use this other method? And I was really trying to manage it. Yeah. Like I had any control. And I found that the best management was simply like trusting people. Yeah. It's just like why, you know, like I'm a bit of an anarchist politically. For sure. Because I really believe that like, obviously we need some rules and we need some like uh, guidelines. But most people just want to be happy and be autonomous and do their thing. Yeah. And this is a very core value of mine. And so I just try to be someone that I'd want to work for. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay,
0: cool. And yeah. And like, so when you, yeah. So the way I guess just you'll split, do you, so I imagine you kind of like meet with the client, you sign all, you do a lot of the business Mm -hmm. side of it and then you kind of bring the project on yeah. And then you kind of, like, say, hey, guys, so here's the project. Or, yeah, or, I exactly. Mean, yeah, and then so then do you I, let people sort of figure out what needs to be done? Do you assign, like, absolutely. what do you want to do? It's just kind of I every mean, step of the way. I mean, I'm sure every game is different. It just kind of falls where it falls. Every
1: game is different, and I like to at least look at it if I can. Yeah. And I don't always do that, and maybe I should, yeah. you know. Um I could probably be a bit more of a manager, but right for the last couple of years, I've basically gotten the project and almost just negotiated something that I think is fair to every party. Yeah, and then I just let it run, you know. That's awesome. And let it go. So
0: the way that so the team you would say at like an agent is very um, it's sort of it's sort of like a collective in a way, like every everybody has uh, you know. So yeah, yeah, everybody can kind of voice their opinion. There's a lot of sharing, right? Yeah. So, and,
1: you know, in the uh, in the in the game audio world, it's sort of similar to like a lot of post audio houses. Yeah, the way to actually make money in post audio to be from being an owner, yeah. is to hire very cheap, typically younger or freshly out of some sort of art institute or uh, mm. sort of film school type folks, you know, Yeah. hire them and pay them like next to nothing. Uh-huh. So you, let's pretend like you pay them, uh, well, like 20, 20 bucks, bucks an hour yeah. or something like that. And so that's what, $800 a week, you know? Yeah. So what, what is that? Uh, 3,200 bucks a month. And then you charge nine nine thousand dollars for their time so you take most of it and a lot of studios operate this way i just can't do that to people yeah and i don't want to you know i'd rather just you know bring the work into the group yeah and we work it out you know like when you let like simply the pursuit of money guide your uh what it is that you work on, you'll work on some really shitty stuff.
0: Yeah. You just, cause then you're, you just take on the projects for money. Right. And then you I've don't, done you also, you don't get, and you don't get the, you don't get the quality of work that maybe everybody right. can give because exactly speaking. Yeah. From someone at that level, you know, it's like, why am I going to go over the, you know, beyond the call of duty exactly. to
1: make this game sound good if right. yeah, oh yeah, okay my it's, manager comes in he doesn't give a shit about me it's like if you're throwing a party if somebody's throwing a party and they're like we need a dj you know yeah and the the, the you could go like if you're really like I want this and this and this you know you go hire a wedding dj for sure but if you want something interesting you know get fucking like Get fitness and health, get, Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I was going to say some way bigger, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Like, get somebody that's, like, actually doing something cool that they're passionate about. Yeah. Because maybe it's not exactly what's in your head, but mm. at least they're passionate about it and they're motivated for that cool. thing. And so that's – I've found that to be, like, my uh, go-to sort of management, I Okay, guess. cool. Which is not management. Yeah, for <laughs> non- sure. Non-management, almost.
0: And do you uh, – like, you guys, do you have regular meetings every day, or is it just kind of like at the
1: office, everybody's
0: kind we just, of around? We just stay in touch.
1: Stay, okay, cool. Yeah, we stay in touch. We're working remotely right now. We're about to get another office, because I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We were in an office for 10 years, and um, I didn't really need it, you know, because we're so self-managed yeah. that everybody's doing cool shit, and the clients keep coming, so... I feel okay about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'd kind of like to see more people more often and not for any controlling reason, just simply because I miss folks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I just want to kind of kick it. during. It's nice the day. to be around yeah, yeah. and talk to each yeah, other. It's creative energy. Yeah. You're sharing sure. that. Yeah.
0: That's cool. And then, yeah, also, and, and working with, uh, with Jeff, is that kind of another thing? Like, have you always been a collaborator? Like, especially in terms of your own music? Or uh, is that no we of... just
1: kind of fell into it honestly yeah. yeah like he I hired him honestly I hired him because uh, he was in a very it's weird like I I didn't even listen to his demo reel. I just really liked him as a person yeah and like I know that sounds like super bro club which yeah. is kind of <laughs> sounds bad but yeah, but that happens I mean yeah know. I just you know like he made a point to come and hang out and not ask for a job. Yeah, And we started talking about books we were interested in. And, like, he told me this story about I had just broken up with this girl. And, like, yeah. he had just broken up with his girlfriend and, like, moved out. And I was, like, talking about how heavy it was. And I was, like, we just started chatting. And then one day we needed, like, an extra guy for, like, two weeks. And I was, like, hey, just come up. And it was, like, a small commitment. And I was, like, yeah. two weeks. And then go on. And then it just more work came. Yeah. And I was like, well, his shit's rad. And at, at that time, you know, I was like, two weeks, I like his personality. I know that I don't have to, like, overthink about this guy. I know he's going to get along with everyone, which is actually just as important as your output. Oh, for sure. Me. Yeah. And so he was great, and uh, he ended up killing. And I, I, he's kind of a go-to guy now, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: And even, uh, even in terms of, like, say, your production, like in DJing, um, you know, are, do you guys collaborate on tracks? Because I think we I've do. seen. Yeah, All so, the time, yeah. yeah. So you'll pass tracks back
1: and forth. Kind of, yeah. Okay, we, cool. we Like, honestly, like, the aesthetic, we, we're just like, look, we're going to work between 128 or 126, 126 to, like, 132. Yeah. And it's either techno or breaks, you know? Uh-huh. And so we just kind of write stuff like vaguely in that genre. Yeah. And then just pull stuff together. Like we don't actually like sit and work together a lot. It's not a challenge, which is why it's a good thing. Yeah. It's like a good uh, girlfriend or, yeah. or boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. like,
0: oh yeah. Being in a band or a group is yeah, totally, like, it's
1: really yeah. tough because people get so invested in it, you know? Yeah. But it's very simple with, with him. And I like that. That's about good. It.
0: Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, I have one more question, I guess, just about, like, organizing. If it might be too uh, complicated, if sure. it is, we can just stop it. But it's kind of just, uh, as a DJ, I'm mm. always obsessed with how other DJs organize their tracks. Mm. Yeah, like, do you uh, do you have some complicated system? I guess since you no. guys, Most of what you guys do is kind of in a similar vein. You kind yeah, of,
1: I, I basically have playlists. Yeah. And I mean, really, like, I look at the, the way that I uh, organize my record box the yeah. same way that I organize my sound library for video games. Oh, okay, cool. I, so for video games, I basically just have my sound library there. Yeah. Like most people use something called Sound Miner or Basehead, mm-hmm. which is a sort of library search system. Oh, And I just know my library really, really well. Yeah. And I know, like, who made what. And so I just go look at that. So with with DJing, it's similar. I put it into playlists. Like I'll be like, minimal techno, you know, goes here. Yeah. And then I, over time, I'm like, I want to play minimal techno. I want to play breaks. I want to play techno. I want to play tech house. So you split it up by genre. A lot. Genre typically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I have like a I have like a playlist. It's like hits. It's like, you know, it's like oh, yeah. songs people might know. Or like I've got oh, a, I've okay, got something yeah. like called whatevs. Uh-huh. And whatevs is like shit that I don't want to play, but it like in a pinch. Yeah. Like I'll play it. Like mm. it's whatevs. If I ever play anything off that, it's like I'm not feeling it. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm literally like whatevs about the whatevs playlist. Yeah. It's just there. And I, but I know that if it's the wrong room or the vibe is totally different than we were pitched, you know, like I can go there and be like, all right, here you go. You know, cool. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have. Yeah, that's it's really simple though. Cool. Yeah. Well,
0: awesome. Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much it. I don't really have a closer at this point. Yeah. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. It was awesome for awesome to hear a lot of this process and and to hear about a lot of. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Is is a absolute pleasure and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Cool. Bye. So thank you for listening. That was uh, that was episode one. That was Matt Pearsall. And uh, you can find out more about him. You can look up his audio company, Gleek, which is GL33K. Um, and you can find there. And they've done a bunch of really awesome games at like Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, and a bunch of things like that. Um, and then his musical output, you can find at Fitness and Health. And it's Fitness with a Z instead of two S's. And health with two L's. So it's like hell. Um, but yeah, check them out. They got some awesome tracks. They're on SoundCloud. Uh, they're on Bandcamp and uh, Twitter. All pre- Pretty much all the all the ways that you can find them. And they got some cool tracks coming out. And they're playing shows in the Austin area. So definitely be sure to look for that. But this was the Rhythmicity Podcast. Uh, and so basically every, every week we're going to be doing an episode and interviewing different people that are... Uh, creatives and work in the sort of live experience realm people who work with art that you experience and you interact with and, and going to get deep into their habits and what helps them to be productive, what helps them to get past all of the things that you know come up and so that way you can take those habits and apply them to your life and be able to create the art that speaks to you. So please check Rhythmicity out we're on anywhere you get your podcast Stitcher, iTunes, all of the above And uh, if you want to hear some of my output, you can look for me at Shadow Sweat, all one word. So, yeah, please check me out listen to some mixes and some of my tracks and be sure to subscribe. Thank you very much. And I'm going to close you out with a track by Fitness and Health called Glow Grind. Thank you.